All right. Fact train leaving the station now. All aboard. I got a biology fact to kick things off. Well, we're people, therefore it seems appropriate. Biology impacts our lives. Yeah, we're 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 super people. Uh this one does it in fact does does this impact our lives? Let's see. Let's go on a journey together. Fun fact. Turtles can breathe through their butts. That's weird, but mm-hmm. seems convenient. I mean, I mean, why not have that ability? Yeah, is that like I would my immediate guess after going, huh, is that and also like maybe Sonic the Hedgehog can too, but is to is <laughs> just that, those two. Yeah, is that it's because they need to put their head underwater to get food for like a long amount of time and then they need a way to breathe. Is that why? Underwater is definitely a part of the story here. So this I'll I like to acknowledge where I found out about facts from or where they got onto my radar. Do you? We get facts. Yeah, well, we try to. Like, we get facts from various sources. Sometimes it's from listeners. They put in fact or, or whatever. And it, I, I don't kind Delightful of, when they do. We love that. Yeah, we love that. And I also think it's important to dispel any vague sense that I may be like, just know a lot of stuff inherently as opposed to that. I'm just like constantly being ticked yeah. off by various sources to yeah, like yeah. actually research things for Definitely. the show as opposed to just automatically knowing things. Um, and this one can, uh, this fact comes from Olaf, the snowman from frozen from frozen, but specifically frozen Two. Okay. In that f- movie amongst some very general chaos claims that turtles can breathe through their butts. And I was like, really Olaf? Is that, is that true? I feel like Olaf is not the most immediately reliable source of information for me. You would think if you'd say like, okay, I'm just going to name the top five biology experts that I'm going to say, yeah, these people are probably going to say true facts. Yeah. Who would put them in the, wouldn't have Olaf unlikely that Olaf would be high. Yeah. But it turns out that they can uh, indeed breathe through the butts. It's called cloacal respiration. Clo- or enteral local respiration. respiration yeah cloacal because uh turtles like birds and various other non-mammalian uh although actually maybe part of i have this too they have uh, what we call cloaca which is like a combined exit uh point for various excrement uh you know they don't have like the urethra and an anus that's just all huh. one kind of thing okay it's got one combined and and then also i think the reproduction happens through there too it's like a it's a multi-purpose <laughs> there's a uh, lot going on there's a lot going on there um and this is but this is nothing specific to turtles this is uh just a you know probably the majority of animals if it's because i think is trying like reptiles birds amphibians probably and fish i don't I, i'm i'm way off of my version <laughs> at this point now describing that but um it turns out that the the lining of their lower digestive tract uh, can absorb oxygen from water and so when they're underwater they can use this to supplant uh, or even substitute the oxygen they get from their lungs um oh. so when they they hibernate it this is super super useful when they hibernate this is super useful do they hibernate underwater yeah well not all turtles but um turtles uh are um cold-blooded obviously so if things are getting too cold then a number of turtle species can sink down to the bottom of the water and their metabolisms can slow down 95 percent uh from oh okay wait so hold on so their butt doesn't need to be out of the water in order to do this. no because it's not it's not that it breathes basically they have like butt gills 
they have like butt gills. Well, they're not like structured like gills, but just water flowing in and out of their butt. If they want to breathe, if they want to breathe air the way we might, they would use their lungs. They would use their lungs like we might, which they have. Yeah, but man, I wish people could just go to the bottom of the water and just breathe through our butts. (laughs) That would be convenient. Yeah, that'd be really fun. We'd be able to just go down and hang hang out underwater. Did you ever scuba tanks? Uh, I think. I forget if you were ever a Marvel Comics kid. No, I didn't so much. I mean, I was interested in the Marvel characters through other media, but I didn't. Not sure if I ever owned any of the comics. Okay, well, one of the sort of early mainstays of the Marvel universe is uh, Prince Namor, who hmm. is like the he's like a half human, half Atlantean king okay. of Atlantis. Sure, and Atlantis is a whole thing, and mm. there's all these Atlanteans, and now I'm wondering. Do the Atlanteans, mm. do they breathe through their mm. butt? Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. the thing with, with turtles is that it's not, you may be shocking to, shocked to learn, that uh, they don't get as much oxygen breathing through breathing water through their butt mm. than they get breathing air through their mouth. It's, it's oh, so that's why they have to be hibernating for that? Because in a hibernation situation there, uh, they don't need as much oxygen because they're not using as much. Is yeah, they just like wind that? way down. Yeah, so it's like almost a way to go into like a semi-suspended animation kind of. Yeah, vibe. but there's enough oxygen coming in through the water, through their butt, huh. that they are able to to keep going and then be uh, fresh and ready for the the spring when hibernation uh, is done. For some reason, now I'm in the comic book frame of mind. So now I'm wondering if Captain America <laughs> breathes through his butt. Well, when he was frozen in the ice for like eighty mm. years, you know what? If that I was a bet. Butt breathing situation if you could get into the that de- you know I, they have all the supporting documents right. for the mcu to keep yeah. all the different movies in sync that explains things that are not fully explained in the movies i bet if you go in there and you go into <laughs> capital america and you're like how did he survive yeah how did he survive they're gonna say well he breathed through his through he, his butt he breathed through his butt like clearly yeah so there's actually <laughs> a secondary use that turtles use this ability for i have so many uses i would use this for but yeah ahead. i mean I, you just they just the mind ab- abounds with possibilities that's right but that's the right. turtles i mean they, maybe they use it for more than two things but the ones that i came across was the this uh hibernating but then also if they're going to do a really deep dive then they can supplant they can take a big breath of air and then as they're going down they breathe through their butt i don't know if they, i didn't i, I don't think I'm not sure if they even know. Do they do it intentionally? Is it just something that happens passively? Oh, so they have both air sources? Yeah, they have lungs and they have butts. No, I'm saying they're doing they're using both of them in this situation is what yes. you're saying. Yes. Why is that an advantage? They have more It's an advantage because they can breathe in a whole bunch of air at, at the top. Yeah. Like it, you know, and then dive down and yeah. then while they're diving down they're getting some supplemental bonus oxygen. Yeah. They're... So they can get a a deeper total dive. They can get further down. Right. And presumably stay down and stay down longer if that's where their food like if they're getting food from the let's say they're eating plants that are growing on the bottom of the the seafloor or whatever and then they come back up and then they have been able to have a total longer dive yeah if they can only just use their lungs wow turtles and you said they're not the only ones yeah apparently there's um some other uh documented usages of this but the the species that i was most surprised to to learn could p- potentially absorb oxygen through their their digestive system is uh is mammals what yeah 
Yeah. So, so apparently recent research, like in the last couple of years has found, and this is, I think, coincidental to Olaf talking about it in Frozen 2, like three years ago, but like, maybe it's not, it's not clear that the scientists didn't see this thing about turtles reading through their butts from this kid's movie <laughs> and then go research it some, because it's, it's like around the same time frame as Frozen and then this, or like it's Frozen 2, which is like, I don't know, four years ago or something. Anyway, so in the last couple of years, research has come out that apparently uh, mammals can absorb oxygen uh, through their butts as well. Um, and there's some work being done right now to evaluate if this finding could be used to develop better treatments for human patients as an alternative to ventilators. Uh, what would the treatment be? What, what do you mean? What? Uh, oh, you mean like, what would they do? Yeah. People can't breathe through their butts. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, Arik, is that we a little bit can apparently. According to what? this study, I don't know if it's been replicated in uh, humans yet, but they've replicated in multiple mammalian species that are similar to humans that they can breathe through their butts. Now, breathe is a little bit. It's not like you're consciously like taking air. In no, and out but or whatever. you're getting some amount of supplementary oxygen. Yeah. So if they they put oxygenated a non-reactive oxygenated substance, uh, I assume it's a fluid. I imagine this entire thing is fairly unpleasant, but less unpleasant than being on a ventilator sounds like, oh, great, yeah. now I get oxygen, awful. but it's terrible, and it yeah, damages no, your awful. lungs, especially if you're on the ventilator for a non-trivial amount of time. It yeah. can cause like, permanent damage to your ability to breathe for the rest of, of your life. And so if it's like, oh, do I want to be on this ventilator? And then you also you can't talk when you're on a ventilator. It's completely, it's, yeah. you feel like you're suffocating even though you're breathing. So it's, it's like bad news if you need to get put on a ventilator. And so if they're like, well... You probably don't want us to put this oxygenated stuff in your butt, but you probably want it more <laughs> than getting the ventilator. Well, I and would so, only want to put the oxygenated stuff in my butt if it also meant I could go like scuba diving without a scuba. I feel like that's like the the level of research after they like save people's lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this that's is like, like the, the next. But sometimes that's what funds the other thing. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's you know the, yeah, the, the, the adventure tourism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there wow. there could be a whole industry here, really. Now that I now, I hadn't, my yeah. mind hadn't gone there, but now that it has gone there, I'm like, well, what are all <laughs> the other things we could? I think we might need to pivot our whole thing into being like, you know how like Cortex has their Cortex brand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fun think, fact brand. <laughs> I think we need fun fact brand and our first product is going to be butt water air adventure tourism related. <laughs> Something in that I, we could raise some, space. We would raise some know. capital. Yeah, you know, I there's feel been like a this lot is the of next NFT or something. Yeah, there's been a lot of, of of changes in the investment market over the last you know couple of months where people are certain, looking for something new. They're looking for the next thing. Yeah, all this blockchain stuff and all these other yeah. things. Yeah, can we include blockchains in this? Well, you no, make I, a a butt air blockchain. I mean, presumably, but I feel like that's like, that's so like five weeks ago. Oh, that's so five weeks ago. Right. This is the new thing. You're like, oh yeah, I thought blockchain was going to make me a billionaire, but it actually wiped out my entire net worth while investing, but air, but breathing, but breathing technology, adventure tourism technology, adventure tourism. Cause you know what it, cause you're thinking under the ocean, right? Right. Like obviously the, of course, yeah, you're going to butt breathe and go and see the coral reefs or whatever. You know, where else you could butt breathe is going climbing Mount Everest. Oh yeah, I don't know why I that would be better than just yeah, having thin, an oxygen mask, but it maybe the thinness it would. of the air. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, huh. I yeah. think actually the limiting factor for the Everest is like just bringing enough oxygen rather than it going through your mouth or not. But 
Huh. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I will be once we found this company and get some VC funding. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or at least you'll tell people you are as we try to raise money from them. Yeah. Same same idea. Yeah. And the point is, <laughs> one day it may in fact be possible for people to breathe through their butts too. I mean, I support this day. Yeah. Yeah. Turtles and us. Yeah. So it's mostly joking, but also it like could be like yeah, it's mostly joking, but it's not like improvement in medical treatment. Yeah, like it could be barbaric one day that they're they like, will come up with another name for this, but they will probably not call it butt breathing. Probably but not. They well, they'll call it enteral respiration support. Yeah, and then you'll be like, oh, that sounds so fancy. They're like, oh, so we're gonna put you on enteral respiration support, and you're like, oh, you're okay, like, great. great. And then they start doing stuff, and you're like, um. So, what's with the, uh, what's doc, with the doctor? What, uh, what, what's, can you explain in a little more detail what's happening right now? <laughs> like, don't worry about it. But you know what? Turtles saves life, saves lungs. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. There is absolutely no way to segue. <laughs> we don't have a related fact. <laughs> Come on, man! You got to prep multiple. Well, choose your you, own adventure. You know, you mentioned how. Um, you mentioned how your facts are not things you already knew. Although I assume you've. Just we're born knowing about this butt breathing. That fact. particular thing, yeah. But most but of the that, stuff I have to research. Yeah, most of your facts, it's because you got interested in something and you're looking into it. Well, mm-hmm. so, you know, close listeners of this show probably know that I'm on paternity leave at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm not encountering the same kinds of things to be interested in that I might normally. Right. You know, my, my life right now filled with a lot of home and family related tasks. Right. So that's that's where I'm at, right? So so I've got like some some like dad fact type things or some some homeowner facts or some in this case preparer of many school lunches fact. Ah, okay. So mm-hmm. uh fun fact. There is a simple and clean way to homogenize natural nut butter. There's a simple and clean way to homogenize natural Nut butter. And when you say homogenize, I imagine you maybe, if you're living the same dead life that I am, talking about when you bring out uh, a tub of peanut butter or almond butter that's natural, which is the best kind, but then it's like oil for the first third. This is what and I'm talking it's about. Super yes. thick. And then, and then, of course, they fill the effing thing to the line. To the top. So you open the lid and then the oil is like just about to drip out and you, you yeah. have to stir it and the oil's yeah, pouring you go off. Get, you go get your spoon. And the kid's crying and you're crying. And every time. Okay, right. I'm here for just making a mess. So what you're saying is that there's a better way than taking yeah. a butter knife, stabbing it in there, and making a giant mess. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, because I have, to, and you know, this is one of those things where I have tried to do this so carefully, mm-hmm. so many times. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to know that you're in the same boat as me. I was going to ask you what the nut butter situation was at your house, and it's it's it was so frustrating. And so recently, I thought to myself, you know, like like in an infomercial. I thought there has to be a better way. Right. And so Fun Fact Brand Fun is now <laughs> announcing. <laughs> so I went looking for this and there were there were a bunch of different suggestions. Some of them pretty hilarious, like things I would absolutely not be willing to do, like um it, it getting a hand crank. There there are hand crank tops. Okay. For oh, certain like size you, jars yeah, and then you put them on okay. and then you you use those. And yeah. it's it's just like and then you have to clean uh, the crank and yeah it doesn't apparently it doesn't mix that well but then you also have to buy a hand crank, <laughs> nut butter and hand then where do you cranker. put it and... where do you put it? it looks very awkwardly sized They're like you know some people say you should you know actually I found all of these things I'm saying are on one site that compares them because I had heard about all these ones and then I found found the 
the mother of all you know f- resources where they actually went and tried all of these oh nice so the second one they tried was an immersion blender so you know mm-hmm. i'm sure you've used an immersion blender yeah, before. Yeah. that that seems like it would work but it seems like it would make a bigger mess than just yeah using i it. mean the problem is that i put a butter knife in and then that's yeah. almost over filling it just the butter knife so i feel an immersion just the butter knife would be completely and you're good this is what happens to me i don't know if this is what happens to you you're doing well you're like oh this is going to be the one. And then all of a sudden, just the minute it goes over the side, it's so oily because it's, you know, oil. And it it's just like it, it's messy and you can never really get it clean again. It's like always messy after that. Yeah, yeah. It's never the same. And the, the label's kind of messed up now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The oil dissolves the glue. Yeah, the paper a little bit, the glue yeah. on the paper a little bit. Yeah. So then the other option is you can you can take it and put it in a food processor or a blender, which makes sense. But like... Good lord, that's way more effort than I'm going to. Well, do. at that point, like, like the the maybe this is a dumb, obvious like solution, or maybe this is this is maybe this is the final reveal, and it's following it. But like the least bad, like once you're taking it out and you're putting it into a blender, at that point, mm. just take it out and put it into a bigger container and then just stir it in the bigger container. No, that would be amazing if that was where this was going. Well, <laughs> like that's what that's what <laughs> I've so known some families do do that. <laughs> but uh, to me, I refuse to do it. Just have the stubbornness of like, like come on i should be able to do this it's just peanut butter in a jar i shouldn't right. have to put it in a like a tupperware or something. yeah 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 i'm not gonna i want it in the thing it's in yeah but people do yeah. do that so that they, is like i'm sure a, they do but that is not the reveal alan okay all right no 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 here's what you do hmm. okay when you get your new jar of whatever nut butter we're talking about yeah the first thing you do before before you're ready to use it okay you turn it upside down oh yeah for sure and then you leave it mm-hmm. for four days. Oh, that's like the amount of time. Yeah. You leave it by you leave it upside down for four days. Yeah. Okay. Then right before you open it, you shake it for 30 seconds. Oh, okay. You really shake it. Yeah, just shake the bejesus out of it. Yeah. Just shake it. If you open it and it doesn't look right, keep close it and keep shaking. Okay. You shake it. And I promise you, at the end of this, it is rehomogenized. It's integrated. It's like you bought, like, you know, the bad peanut butter. Again. Yeah, with the stuff in it. With the stuff in it. And it stays that way. Huh. You can then put it in the fridge. You can put it on the pantry, however you're going to use it. It stays that way. The upside down method, it works perfectly. It completely solves this problem, and it's 100% mess-free. We do the upside-down method in a very ad hoc way. So it's like, oh, it looks like the peanut butter is getting short, or maybe we just bought another week. So we put it on the list. We bought another one. When the new one comes in, we put it in upside-down. But then sometimes it's upside-down only for like a day before the other one runs out, and then it hasn't fully done its thing. Sometimes it's upside-down for like a week or two, and then it's oil-separated the other way around. Well, this is why the import. Yeah, I think first of all, that's a great point. But then I think the other point is you have to do the shaking. Mm, yeah, if you just put it upside down, you turn it around, it'll be semi mixed. But like you, the shaking is what the is the mm. miracle part. Okay, I'm I'm willing to try this. And this is not it's like the, the dishwasher stuff where you were like telling me facts, and I was just like like immediately skeptical. This is just like I seem this feels right to me. Yeah, it, it's I mean, an I, important problem I have. I tried it. You know, I was I was like you know, I'm going to try this. And I did. And it worked perfectly. And I, it has changed my life. Hmm. It is, hmm. uh, it has completely solved a very irritating problem. And now I, cause it was kind of the final thing, you know, I, I, I was a, a hesitant nut, natural nut butter switcher, 
uh you, you know this was my wife's idea you were like a skipper skippy uh i, I was a yeah, jiff or a skippy Jiffer, skip. kind of i think i was a jiff guy yeah. and and i was like very hesitant to switch to natural and i we took me a few there were a few that we had to go through because i didn't like the taste as much mm-hmm. and then Eventually, we found one where either I like the taste or maybe I just, you know, Stockholm syndrome myself into it or whatever. Well, it's good for kids because a lot of those ones have uh, like icing sugar. Yeah, it's way healthier. And and I'm on board now with that. But the the one thing was like, it's so messy. Yeah. And I just I just hated dealing with that. It was like every time there was a new jar, like, no, no. And the other thing, too, was I don't know if this happened to you, but uh, especially with peanut butter, less so with almond butter. But with peanut butter, I would mix it do a bad job, a lot of the oil would spill out, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then it would be fine for like the f- next few days or uses, and then I would run out of oil, and the yes. rest of it would just be h- so hard. Because you mix the oil into like the top three quarters of it, so yeah. it's like, yeah, this seems reasonable, but the bottom quarter is just like... Dry. Not detritus, like... Yeah, and that's like, I can't... I'm like trying to peel the shave that off mm-hmm. and use it to like get peanut flavoring, Yeah, you know? And then you try to so, spread it on the the bread and it destroys oh, the bread it destroys the bread oh, yeah man. absolutely oh i've never it's been a long time since i've been this much on the same wavelength with you on a fact we're living <laughs> the same life man it's a peanut butter it's a nut butter centric life yeah 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 there's a lot of nut butter yeah in our lives right okay. so yeah so that, there you go there you go helpful helpful hint or, or you know dad fact or whatever well parent fact life fact it's a parent fact yeah i mean parents yeah. i mean probably non-parents are not going through like a big ass jar of nut butter every week but you know maybe maybe you love no and you have the thing is you have to have the peanut butter and the almond butter because you can't send the kid to school with the peanut butter uh, they're not we're not supposed there's... to send them with any nut butter oh almond butter were allowed uh, that would be great can't have any hazelnut in it just almond yeah and uh and so i we have that for school and then i like peanut butter more and i want them to be into that too and it's good to get them not having peanut allergies and stuff so yeah we're allowed to send like <sighs> fake uh can't can't believe it's not nut butter uh but oh it's, it's, what the... the kids can tell yeah of course they can like i can believe whatever. it's not nut yeah. butter is the problem yeah 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 well there you go uh, i like that well i actually also have a food fact Almost Great. like a food preparation fact, so it flows Great. together. We're this is we're really aligned. We're now. super aligned. We finally become the same person. It took a long time. It took a long time, yeah. but it just took two kids and <laughs> fifty episodes <laughs> of the podcast. Fun fact: there is an increasingly popular alternative to preservatives and pasteurization, whereby foodborne pathogens are crushed to death. What? Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. They call it high pressure processing. High pressure processing. That sounds like you're like, you know, you work in a business and there's like a big client coming in and to get through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like high pressure. We're all like, buckle down. It's, yeah, it's intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow the We're script. We're going to process this. It's going to be a lot of pressure. No, this is, uh, this is a industrial food industrial process that has been was like invented a very long time ago but it started becoming uh, a lot more popular and widespread in the 90s and the idea is basically if you compress food under enough pressure Mm. that it deactivates the bacteria or other organisms in there even apparently viruses can get get uh, destroyed from this Um, but the food remains good to eat which is not intuitive like i would expect if you put the food under great pressure 
it would be. What so. kinds of? I imagine this is only useful though for some kinds of food. Because if I put a sandwich under great pressure, yeah, I would have no sandwich anymore. I would say would not work well for sandwiches. Um, yeah. So what do they treat this way? Smoothies, juices. Yeah. Okay. Yogurt. Uh, yeah, sea, yeah. Certain kinds mm-hmm. of seafood dips, spreads, guacamole. Certain kinds of seafood. Yeah. Apparently. What? That also seems like it would ruin the reality of the the you know the physical integrity of the food. Right. So apparently a helpful property that makes this whole thing be quite widely applicable is that the cells of bacteria and viruses, I believe, um, are uh, sort of weaker and simpler than the structural cells in plants and animals. Okay. Um, And so the amount of pressure that it takes to implode a cell is like actually really high. (laughs) Um, Because when you you think of... <clears throat> you think of like humans don't do well under great pressure, right? If you go under the ocean and they well, go no, we deep. discussed this. Oh, I, I was still in the office of virus, but no, you mean okay. <laughs> yes. Um, also, that you know that that is we don't have the solution <laughs> to that. But when we humans are struggling under a uh, high pressure environment in the uh, diving scenario, it's uh-huh. about the gas balance in your blood and things like that. Not that the cells, mm. the literal cells that make up your meat in your body, are imploding. Like that's a that's way more pressure than the amount of pressure that starts causing problems because of gas exchange and things like that. And so when you but when you crush a bacteria. There is an amount of pressure where um, it will it will what they they call is become inactivated because they don't actually care about is this bacteria currently like quote unquote alive or not or was living apparently that's not the right terminology they talk about is it active anymore is it able to reproduce is it cause does it cause problems anymore basically because oh, the physical bacteria is like the the matter that makes up the bacteria is still in there. It's still there, but you wouldn't notice or care. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's not replicating and creating oh. more of itself. Because um, your body can defeat, like, one single uh, thing or whatever. Okay, but so uh, when, at what point in the process, because, like, the food processing place would presumably be the place to do this. Yes. But I. But the problem is that that... So that gets rid of any bacteria as it leaves the place where it's being processed. But the problem is the bacteria that might get on there in transit or in my house. Yes. Right? Like, exactly. So the way that they do so it. So do I get a refrigerator that does this? Yeah, no, the way that they do it is they put it in the packaging first. Okay. And so this is like comparable. So like in canning, let's say you make like a clam chowder and then you put it in the can. Then as I understand it, the, what they would do historically is they would then uh, heat it up to a high enough temperature that mm. the bacteria and stuff that were in there would die and then okay. or become inactivated. Um, and then they it would cool down and they would put it on the shelves. But that heat treatment would change the flavor more yeah, than if yeah. they put that clam chowder in the can who, that is still in the can or already in the can, but just with like the top of it. I don't know if they actually, can is actually a bad example because I'm not sure if they do it with canning, but they definitely do it with plastic, um, things that are in plastic containers, especially like pouches. So like things that mm-hmm. are vacuum packed and things like that. Yeah. And so they vacuum, vacuum pack the clam chowder, again, bad example, vacuum pack the, the <laughs> seafood or um, yeah. uh, like cured meats or um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. apparently there's been a huge increase in the availability of uh, store-bought guacamole that's uh, 
been in these pouches and oh. bags and they're they're the reason that that is now a lot more available than it was 20 years ago uh, 30 years ago is that they do this high pressure packing so they make the guacamole they put it in this package that's relatively thin um, and then they crush the crap out of it and then <laughs> it, it deactivates the uh, molds and yeasts so the there's different pre- pressures for different uh cons- problem different uh problem organisms so apparently molds yeasts and parasites get inactivated around 2000 to 4000 atmospheric pressures hmm. so it's rather that a sounds lot. like a lot yeah. Yeah. uh bacteria is in the 3000 to 6000 and apparently if you go past 6000 you can even kill some spores uh, as well so it's wow. but before and that's still at pressures where it doesn't destroy the cells of the plant and animal material that's in, in the food. And so one of the things that's not entirely clear to me is like in what way, cause like I'm sure it has a non-zero effect on these foods. It has to, right? But I'm sure it depends on the food. So like you can imagine for a juice, so like, especially like smoothies and juices, like you can imagine maybe it wouldn't make a difference in the texture cause it's already mush. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Or something like and yogurt. It, and if it doesn't change the flavor, that's the real thing. Yeah, right? and that's been the, the big thing is that you're able to, and like, of course, I'm reading documents that are talking mostly about like why you should use high pressure <laughs> processing in your <laughs> industrial preparation are you plant, being sold right? this? oh yeah there's i'll link a couple but they're like pretty interesting videos that are like pitching the machines and like talking about how to use them and like making sure like their combination teaching you how to use it and but also kind of pitching you how good the machine is and what's yeah. good about it and then like showing you like ba- like don't do it this way and like they have the vacuum pack bag um oh actually one of the ones i enjoyed was they showed uh things you can't you shouldn't put in here here and they had like a, a thing in a styrofoam container oh, that sounds amazing <laughs> and the styrofoam container was just like destroyed to crap it was just completely like nope don't put styrofoam in six thousand atmosphere pressure i really just want to watch that one i'll link that one up um and uh there's uh there's a few of them and they're, i found them entertaining um just in the general genre of like this is so far outside of my wheelhouse of like a thing that's trying to sell me a million dollar yeah. like hyperbaric chamber that crushes food this is awesome yeah uh, but apparently it's yeah. been it's been uh, like, like a, quite a big positive change in f- terms of trying to make food available that uh, is like shell like has a, a long enough lifespan that it's not um, going bad quickly and needing to get thrown out that it's closer to fresher in theory it can have better taste and better like nutrition profile than if it had been heat treated or if it had had preservatives put into it yeah um, and so there's the guacamole generally... one is super interesting to me yeah because it's already kind of mushed right well and I remember you really couldn't get guacamole i feel like the quality of store-bought guacamole has definitely improved yeah right and i so i wonder so like basically now you get it home and you open it and basically that's when your clock starts instead of it having been on the shelf and that being part of the problem yeah the try on everything from like it gets made and then it's getting packaged and then it's going on the trucks and that whole journey the bacteria is multiplying and and it's uh changing the nature of the the food and so like i i would think like if you made actual fresh guacamole that wasn't processed in any way, like there wasn't um, this heat, heat processing, I guess I assume there wasn't previously. If you heat treat guacamole, I assume it ruins. It. Otherwise, I think you would, would destroy it. it. <laughs> like I don't think. I think you should try heat treating some guacamole <laughs> yourself and see. I, how I'm that sure goes. they did because obviously they would try I'm, that. I, I want to see that YouTube video. Yeah. Is what, I <laughs> what want. happens if you try these different <laughs> methods? One of the questions I had is like, well, could you do it for milk? 
Oh, interesting. Because you were saying that it also can help with pasteurization. Well, pasteurization is basically just the heating up a food to a high enough temperature that it kills. Right, but that's how they preserve milk. Yeah, they preserve milk. I believe pasteurization is also the term for the thing I was describing with the clam chowder, where or other soup yeah, that you put it in sense. the can, and then you heat it, the you can up, it and up. then it destroys the stuff. But it, it changes the flavor, right? Like, right. the canned soup is not as good as a fresh. Yeah, but some people want unpasteurized milk. Right, because unpasteurized milk, yeah. it has more whatever in it it's um, yeah. it's closer to the original thing but it's not safe because there's obvious for obvious reasons yeah but you kill when you kill the bad ones you also can kill the good ones is the idea and also this t- different taste profile and so apparently the they're like people have created this high pressure uh, pasteurized milk and it is coming to various markets but it is milk is highly regulated um both for safety and for dairy industry protection reasons which is like we can refer yeah. to fun fact episode number three when we talked about the dairy cartel um <laughs> in canada at least well the got milk people here are pretty intense yeah. too um but apparently it does seem to be coming there isn't any reason as far as i can tell that the dairy industry would be like opposed to this high pressure uh version of milk and they would be able to charge more because it would be more natural or something like that um yeah yeah they'll find a branding way to yeah to charge more for it you know, uh, and also got pressure got, <laughs> um <laughs> but uh, um but yeah apparently uh, sometime in the next five or ten years you will probably be able to if you cannot already in your local market uh get uh unpasteurized milk that is safe for consumption and one of the things i was reading said that it will probably taste like substantially different from the milk that you're used to um and so some people will maybe not like it because of that and some people yeah. will be keen on it for that reason i'm curious to i haven't had any milk since 2004 oh okay so this is not uh, relevant to your your needs not to me no i i uh I am not vegetarian or vegan, but I used to be. And when I stopped being vegan, I did not restart drinking milk. Right. Like once I broke the milk, the hold that milk had over mm. me, I never went back. So I'm, I'm, and actually, so my current milk replacement of choice is pea milk, which does not sound good, <laughs> but in any way. Now you got to use the pea for something. But it, <laughs> But it's great. It's much healthier for both people and environment than oat milk or almond milk or any of those kinds of rice milk, soy milk. And uh, and it is delicious. So, yeah. if the, they, they are not a sponsor, but if they were, I'd be really excited. Just the general pea milk industry? No, we Ripple brand pea Ripple, milk okay. is our brand of mm-hmm. choice. Yeah, it's delicious. And, uh, you know, it's the only milk my son has ever had. Mm. So. I, don't, I don't think I've had it. I've definitely had uh vegan things that had like pea protein in them but i don't know if i've had pea milk i've had the various like you mentioned oak and oat and uh and, and soy and things like that i don't think i've had the pea one yet but. pea milk is really good and it it's weird that it's really good right like yeah i would feel like it would have a more distinct flavor than the oat and the, the grain no it, it's 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 just delicious I'm going to, I'll put a link in the show notes for ripple plant-based milk. So, but the thing is on the bottle, they say plant-based milk. As opposed to? Pea-based milk. Yeah. Oh, I mean, for sure. It, But on the back, it, there's some funny joke about peeing. I forget what it is. But, um, and they also have uh, chocolate milk as well, which is, sure. deli- which is delicious. But like, it, it's really surprisingly wonderful. And I, I was very skeptical yeah, I'm, 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 as we've talked about before, I'm more open-minded 
about the new generation of of uh, animal food alternatives. I go unsweetened, by the way. I, I definitely go unsweetened. Yeah, unsweetened. I mean, if you can get the kids to drink it. And they, they use only the finest pea sources. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I, one thing I just want to, before we get off the topic, I want to uh, uh, inform people when they're doing their own high pressure past, high pressure processing of foods. Yeah. Uh, if you have a multi-million dollar equipment to do this. I do. Yeah. Here in this Yeah. Room. So I'm just, before I know you're really getting really excited to go off and, and process yeah, I haven't I haven't used it food. Yet. Um, yeah. that apparently it can denature certain proteins. And okay. so if you use it for, Sounds for bad. example, if you do like, um, a chicken breast and you put a vacuum packet okay, and then you high pressure process it, the outside surface of it will turn white and look cooked, even though it's still completely raw. Oh, interesting. I've seen that in chicken before. Right. But I didn't know why. Yeah, something That's about so the the th- the same the heat can denature those proteins so that they look white, and then so can this pressure. But then it's only the very outside layer. I think that it's getting. Actually, I'm not entirely sure. That's now that I think about it. I just saw it, and I assumed it was outside layer. But anyway, it's still raw, and, and don't <laughs> don't uh, um, you know wouldn't want to eat it. Although, actually, now that I think about it, maybe you could eat it safely. It would just be gross and unexpected about the texture of it. <laughs> I'm going to do, maybe I do a little follow-up research on, can you eat high pressure? Is that like chicken yeah, tartare? Yeah, you might be able to, it might be like chicken tartare, yeah. yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to, I mentioned that um, you can, that they treat this stuff at 6,000 atmospheric pressure, 6,000 times uh, atmospheric pressure, which is a lot. Um, but I was curious, like, well, how much a lot is that? Yeah, how much a lot is that? Um, and so I wanted you to ask, how deep under the ocean do you think that would be in terms of how many feet under the, the ocean do you think would be that much pressure? How, yeah. Uh, how many feet below the ocean do I think that 6,000 pounds of pressure would be? No, not six, not 6,000 pounds, 6,000 atmospheres. Oh, okay. This is getting complicated, but uh, one foot. You think one foot, if you went one foot under the ocean, it would be 6,000 times as much pressure. No, is it, I don't know. Is it six miles? Uh, It's 200,000 feet under the ocean. 200,000 feet. Does the ocean go to 200,000 feet? No, not even close. No. Because 200,000 feet in miles is 378 miles, which would be like the moon or something. (laughs) Yeah, not the moon, but you'd be really, it'd be really deep. Um, The, uh, yeah, the ocean is not that deep. The 36,000 feet is that that um, challenger deep that really the deepest part of the ocean and so at that pressure it is not enough pressure to deactivate the, the bacteria um you need to have like way more pressure than the, the deepest part of the ocean wow. which I thought was fascinating. by the way the moon is an average of 238,855 miles away so yeah, so not quite 378 not quite miles deep. not far enough but <laughs> <laughs> we're we're not an astronomy podcast and if we were going to do an astronomy fact then i trust that you we, would i would do more Google that before you <laughs> throw it out there that 300 miles might be <laughs> to the, moon. the i know that the sun is 92 million miles away and i know that because i was a really big fan of the wu-tang clan so and that's a, a lyric yeah it is yeah mm-hmm. i trust them yeah i mean you know th- if they've taught us nothing it's that and to diversify our bonds so those are the two yeah. main things believe it or not my friend I mm. also have a pressure-related nice fact, which is all right. We're on a roll. This is incredible. This is the most synergy we've ever had, yeah, by far. Yeah, 
on an episode mm-hmm. of this podcast. So, fun fact. Under sink carbonated and chilled water faucets mm-hmm. can be amazing, but not if you have overly soft city water. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. I want to tell you about a little journey I've been on. Uh, where it, wherein I I can imagine most of the journey from your back. <laughs> you may have spoiled it. Well, no, because I have solved this problem, so that's why. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I will have a blog post about this. Now, now it's fully now it's fully spoiled because you've you've outlined the goal, the problem, and the solution. <laughs> but I haven't told you what it is. <laughs> okay, okay. We usually do this like Jeopardy, where the solution's in the fact. Uh, no, well, I don't know. It depends on the fact. Often the fact is just like one interesting observation from the story. That's true. So, whereas you've made the fact, your fun fact is like kind of like here's the entire path of the story. That's no, okay. not at all. Because I want to talk about lots of things that have nothing to do with that. So. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I, I I wait in suspense. So yeah, so I I bought a as the fact posits. I bought a system to make a to have a water faucet that produces chilled and sparkling water. So this is the like alternative to a soda stream. It, it's that... it's both an alternative to a water filter and a chiller and a soda stream. Right. Because if you have a soda stream, you, stream, you need to put chilled cold water or chilled, chilled filtered, filtered water, water into, into the thing and then, and then carbonize that. carbonated water out. Yeah. yeah. And so you're like, let's get this all in one system. Yeah. We drink a lot of filtered water we drink a lot of carbonated water and i particularly happen to like my water fairly cold so it it, it does so this things. is maybe a silly question but like are are you filtering the water for like a known reason or does it just kind of like seem like a worthwhile thing uh i am filtering the water because my wife thinks that the filtered water is important and tastes better than the unfiltered water okay i personally think that the water here where i live is perfectly drinkable without filtering it but okay. i will acknowledge that the filtered water tastes even better Okay. Yeah. That's even just that, like, that's a good enough reason is that you can taste the difference. I remember we used to have filtered water when I was a kid, but I couldn't, well, I I never knew the difference because the filtered water was cold from the fridge and I didn't like cold water. And so I drink tap water instead. And so to me it was worse, but due to a confounding factor. So I'm not, I've never actually done like a a blind comparison of the filtered water. She thinks the water here, it tastes like metallic a little bit and of certain minerals Mm -hmm. that she doesn't want in her water. Sure. So at any rate, um, so we bought this thing and we and it was it was comically hard to uh, install. I mean, it's doing a few things at once. It is. Well, first of all, so it I ordered it and I did it, you know, I've mentioned paternity leave, not getting a ton of sleep. I didn't do as much research as I normally would before purchasing something of this magnitude. You just went onto Amazon and bought water chiller, CO2, no, there was like a tap specific, underwater sink knob, something like chiller water. Sure, let's. It's slightly different than that, but let's say yes. Uh, so I, I, I was very excited for this thing to arrive, and I was uh, when it arrived. I looked on my porch and saw a box that was about eight times bigger than I had assumed it would come mm. in. Mm-hmm. Cause you're thinking like, this is maybe about the size of a soda stream. Cause it does something similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like water filters, you know, that you generally see, which might be like, you know, I don't know, a couple feet by a foot or something. Right. And now you've got like a mini fridge. And now I've got, thing. yeah, there's an entire, because there's like this chiller and mm-hmm. stuff and it all goes under the sink and it takes up all of the space under the sink. The thing is huge. And mm-hmm. uh, it has an app that pairs with it, and it has a touch screen, not a touch screen, but it has a you know LCD screen and all this nonsense. And then uh, the other thing too is I ordered it, and then discovered, thankfully, just like poking around, 
that it did not come with a filter, uh, which is hilarious. Not sure why you'd want that. And and did not come with a CO2 tank. So <laughs> had to go figure okay. that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. are the were the filters at least like some relatively known thing? Or is you it buy like the filters from part? them. Oh, okay. They just didn't include one. It's which is uh, ridiculous. Like that's yes. that's absolutely ridiculous. And the CO2 I kind of can understand because obviously that shipping that would be complicated. But and you know there's luckily there's a gas store near here that I bought a CO2 tank at. But so I got all that stuff. I'm very excited to set it up. I get it. The instructions are like ikea style right so no words, no words. you just see a person uh with no hair yeah. looking at the object and then trying to do various things very it. complicated thing to install and the instructions have no words so that's like and there's like a and then they link you to like a youtube video of them installing it but not everything in that video matches the thing that they sell you at this point i think right. it changed in some way so it's like hilariously complicated it took multiple days I think most people just hire someone to do it, but yes, it was, it was a fun project. Uh, the other thing is that it, the company is European and so everything is in metric and, uh, which is fine in quotes, but the problem is that as you'll see, that becomes a real challenge later in this story because you have Imperial water. No, yes, because I have imperial water. No, because, Mm -hmm. so first of all, it's like you got to figure out what wrenches to use. That's fine, whatever. But there's a reason why the, the metric conversion problem will become relevant but in, in initially it's just like 19 millimeters what is that i don't know like so you know it's just like a whole thing so got it installed got it hooked up very excited feel very accomplished turned it on filtered water tried that first tasted great okay chilled like six degrees or four degrees celsius something like that you know just above freezing Hmm. really tasty do you get to pick the temperature or you can just... change the temperature oh, kind of like because i would go for like an eight degree okay or like a little like cool but not i like cold. my water on my... the cold side i will say so yeah uh anyway but that's like the default i went with whatever the default was which i think is the coldest there's like the setup was so weird it was like what's the length of pipe and you're like what pipe and it doesn't tell you and you're like okay i'm just gonna go with the default here and hope that's right you know and you they they send you a carbonate hardness test to find out how hard your water is to tell you which filter to use it's in a german only unit called dkh the whole thing is just ridiculous but anyway get that all uh, set up try the carbonated water and it tastes like as if someone had been told about carbonation but had never (laughs) actually tried it or like it's just really like weekly carbonated. no it's no it's like if if you took carbonated water and left it out overnight and it had mostly become oh. flat but like it had some sort of like lacroix level relationship mm, to what previously okay. had been carbonation like right. it just it didn't taste like carbonated water and so i immediately go on a on a search for what you know what's going on here and uh there's very little information which is why there will be a blog post by the time this episode comes out i will have written a blog post for anyone else in my situation um but finally find one Amazon review from someone who's like, I'm a chemist, and I can tell you the problem is that you have probably have city water. It's probably very soft, and the water here is hilariously soft. It On this uh, scale, it's a zero. Okay. And carbonation just doesn't work with with soft water. You need minerals and stuff in the water to activate the carbon. There needs to be carbon oh, in the water, okay. Yeah, which I did not know. 
Uh, I don't know why. I think the reason a soda stream still works is because of the pressure of the canister. Okay, that's my. That's a what guess. Is this, does this thing not have a canister? Well, so this or thing doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't pressurize it in a canister, right? It pressurizes it in a, a water line. As part of the flow. Yeah, like so I don't know why that makes a difference. Mm. I don't know the answer. Okay. Trying, I was trying to mm. Google this. If someone out there or... Because the soda stream did work for your water. A soda stream worked for my water okay. Uh, and, and I so if someone out there knows why, maybe it's because you can keep just keep pumping it and this only goes to a certain PSI. I don't know. If someone out there knows why soda stream works and this doesn't work, please let me know. But what the chemist said was what you need to do is you need to put in a remineralization filter. And you may need to put in more than one remineralization filters. So, wait, 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 wait. So just pause for a second. You have water, which is extremely soft, yeah. which means it has almost no mineral so much yeah. that it's measured as zero. Yeah. And then you're filtering it to remove the zero minerals. Yeah. And then they're saying you need to have multiple layers of adding more minerals That's right. for the CO2 to work. That's right. I feel like we have a snake eating its own tail at this point. <laughs> so, but, so, so then I'm like, okay... I will do this, and I, I I dip into the somewhat shady world of remineralization filters, which are a real thing. They're designed because apparently, and this ties back into what you were saying earlier about the the food, is that when you have a reverse osmosis water filter system, which most of them are uh, these days, they filter out all the bad things in your water, but they also filter out all the good things in your water, okay. like magnesium and sodium and strontium and zinc and you gotta get good strodium. You gotta get that strodium level. You know, all the it's things a that... a little bit of a zippy taste. Potassium. The things that you would get if you get a bottle of mineral water. Right. It filters all that out, too. Now, whether or not you actually need those things and all the health claims of all this, I think, are somewhat dubious. But the point is that they sell these remineralization filters, which claim to put back in those minerals. Okay. The problem is <laughs> that those are all designed... To go at the very end of the process. Basically, you filter the water, and then there's like a quarter-inch quick-connect water line. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, Yeah, a, I know. The a little plastic one coming to the to the faucet, and, and they want to – basically, they'll interrupt that process and filter the water. Okay. But that's not the part of the process I want to put this in. I need to put you it – You want to put it before, before the it goes chiller. into the – right. Or at least before the – yeah. That mm-hmm. is in water hose size. Right. These things are in quick connect size. Right. So now how do I get from water hose size to quick connect size to water and hose then back size? Again. Yeah, yeah, to fit in this part of my And this is where it becomes like a pad and sync, you know, audio engine kind of vibe, right? Like you're like just trying to connect these things. But so this is where the metric thing becomes a real problem. Because what size is a 19 millimeter thread? What size does that match? (laughs) So you're now needing to convert this metric thread into an imperial thread and then back again and then back again. Things that adapt in that. That's right. And so 19 millimeters by math is three quarters of an inch, but it is absolutely not a three quarter inch thread. Right. And did you know that there are at least three kinds of threads? I mean, there's got to be more than that. No, no, that you will find if you go searching for adapters and things like common well-used kinds there's ght which stands for garden hose thread right and is not tapered and is mostly what you will find then there's npt which is national pipe thread 
Yeah, that's what you'd use for like plumbing. Which is what you would use for plumbing. But there's multiple kinds of NPT. Yes, that's what I'm familiar with because I had a shower head <laughs> yeah, when we bought this shower place. heads do not work the same. And it's like, oh, I'll just swap on the shower head from our old place because it wanted one of the detachable yeah. shower heads. And it's like, no, the builders of this place got some ridiculous slightly different standard that's not compatible with anything that's completely discontinued and no one sells anything and i ended up going on this ridiculous journey and ordered an adapter from new york state (laughs) to just attach like the adapter cost almost as much as the plastic shower head i just wanted to be able to detach to like spray the kids or whatever yeah it's so, so I feel your pain. Yeah. So the, we're on the same wavelength again with thread adapting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pain. it's so ridiculous. So then you get you. <laughs> so then you. So you need the right NTP and then I need one FNTP and one MNTP and F is female and M is male because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need to go from uh, the male yes. end of the filter thing to the female end of the hose. So. Uh, so I go, I, so I, I'm like, okay, so I order, so I'm like, okay, nine, nine, 19 millimeters is three quarters. So I, I go get a three quarter one. It arrives. It's hilariously too big. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. What? I, so finally I, I just took the, uh, the, one of the hoses off and took it to the store with me. Yes. That's the way to do right. it. Right. And so I find out that, that the inner part, the male one that I need is three eighths. Oh, okay. Why? don't know it hmm, they only reasons. come in three eighths and one half and three quarters none of which perfectly match up to 19 and 16 and whatever mm-hmm. because of course we standardize right so if 19 is actually you know or 16 is actually you know th- slightly off right it's like like let's say that uh, th- uh, 19 is not three quarters exactly it's not 0.75 it's like 0.78 right or something which which is that it is. right and then they'll they'll ch- they'll of course in the u.s they do it at at three quarters because that makes sense right so none of this lines up perfectly anyway but uh so i'm at the store i buy i buy i end up getting two male uh quick connect quarter inch to three eighths male connectors wait so now you're buying connectors with the hope that even though they're not quite the same size that you will be able to get them to fit and then you're going to put water through and then they won't leak okay how'd that go well so the, the the one of them one side worked fine but oh, but then the surprised. but then the male to male i needed something to bridge it right right and so i got i just got like a brass coupling put that on there leak city yeah right? uh-huh. so then i'm like okay what i'll get is i'll get a hose another hose so then i'll get a uh because the hose will go female female right and i'll go from the end of this male to the end of this male so i buy a uh, uh, and i i test the hoses and it's half inch hose that you need why yeah. no idea right three eighths thing half inch adapter doesn't work but half inch hose is what i need okay so i buy a half inch hose i get it home and then it turns out that one side of it is the right size my half inch to half inch hose one side is the right side size and the other side is not the right size (laughs) okay why because (laughs) it turns out it's not a half inch to half inch hose it's a half inch fip hose to a half inch comp Uh, hose okay and fip is female iron pipe and comp is compression okay and those two things are not the same size (laughs) even though this point says one half to one half on it (laughs) oh man okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> I feel a lot less bad about my adventures of the trying to find this one little adapter. It was all it was all MPT. It was just trying to find the right two sizes or whatever. Right. And like, man. And so, so you know, it was really for whatever reason in the store, it was really easy to find a three quarter inch quick connect to male adapter. But completely impossible to find a three quarter inch quick connect to or one quarter inch quick connect, sorry, to uh female adapter, which I assume is for sexism reasons. I don't know. But presumably. Well, I find that that when when I'm you're finding and looking for adapters for those kind of things and you're trying to find a male or female end of something, it doesn't seem to be like common. Often it's because there's certain use cases that people generally need these things for, and you've gone way off. Like how, how oh, many people are end. trying to do this very <laughs> yes, specific like, thing you're doing? So you may far. be the first person to ever have <laughs> needed to put this particular type of filter onto this particular thing. And with a, you're filtering the minerals out of yeah. the water. You're putting minerals back into the water. Like you're on a bit of a leaf note here. Yeah. In terms yeah. Of, so now of, I'm on Amazon just ordering. Uh, all Every of the sizes, yeah. I'm like okay, and just hope hopefully one of them will. Because work. I'm like, oh well, okay. Well, the half inch of one of the sizes of the hose worked, so I'll just buy the half inch. But why was it three eighths for the other one? I'll buy the three eighths as well. Three quarters I already had and was too big, and it's hard to get. So I'm like, okay, this will cover it all, right? So it arrives half inch, too big. Three quarters, three eighths inch, just just right. Nice. And with a little, uh, you know. Um, uh, what do they call it? A little washer, a little plastic rubber gasket yeah, yeah. in the side. So it's not, it doesn't leak. Get it all yeah. set up. Well, yeah, no. And then I look at the filter that I bought, the remineralization filter. And it says that in order to activate it, I have to flush it by which, by which it means I have to run the filter system for 30 minutes okay. straight to, to do this. So now I'm literally wasting, I don't know, 30, 60 gallons of water. Depending on uh-huh. how much water pressure I have to get this thing working, uh, but I will tell you, Alan, when I finally, 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 finally mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. this Franken monster hooked up, carbonated real nice. Okay, I now have actual carbonated water. So this whole process, you weren't even fully sure if it would be actually good. I had no idea well. if it would work. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. We we bought a second. On Sunday, we will receive a second remineralization filter because okay. it, it, it carbonated up to the point where we'd be fine, but it's not quite it's at the not level. not obnoxiously carbonated. It's not at the level. I, I'm like a Gruber. Yeah. You know, I want it to hurt kind of. Yeah, like kind of painful. Almost of painful level of, of things. So we're, and according to said Amazon review chemist, who is definitely legit. You uh, got to give them a, a, like a, a good rating or something. I know. I need to like up their, their thing. Uh, you just keep, you because now I have my quick connect world set up, right? So now it's really easy to quick connect into one, quick connect into the other, because it's only the two ends that are complicated, right? The, the right. in and out of the rest of the system. So now I can just fil- chain filters. Now I'm, I got one that has slightly different minerals in it. I'm like, this is going to be great. By the way, all of this probably could have been solved by just buying a different filter from the faucet company. I mean, that seems likely. Because they have one that adds magnesium and zinc to the water. Okay. And the you problem didn't do is that because... it's not available here in the United States. Yeah, of course. And in every other country they sell it and they will not ship it here. And yeah. they have like five of them and Amazon won't ship. I don't know if there's like a magnesium shortage right now, <laughs> but like you just can't get it. So this whole process, but I feel so now I have to write the blog post, right? Because I, I have to, even if there's only one other person 
who's ever needed to do this. I have to preserve the knowledge. They will be so glad to find your book. Yeah, because I Googled it and found nothing. Yeah. But now they'll do it and they'll find me. So it sounds like the moral is, there's two morals to this story as I'm picking up. The first moral is that you can uh, get good carbonated water on demand, but that you may need an extra component if you have soft water. Yeah, and you might want to buy like a TPS meter. You might want to maybe measure first. You know, and then the second moral is maybe buy a system if you are going to do this that is already compatible with the pipe standards in your country. (laughs) But I had no idea. I would have been that we would have hit the same thing here because in Canada we have like this even much more so than in the States, this mix of metric and, and, uh, imperial units. So our pipe standards, at least all the ones I was dealing with with this dumb showerhead thing were all in fractions of, of inches. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but then other things will be in millimeters. So that would be like an even more important thing to watch out for in Canada. I mean, you know, I now have a, I now have a bunch of stuff. I have a, a wrench set that includes full set in both imperial and metric. Uh, so that I can just be like, oh, I need 19 millimeters. Got it. And then I can look and be like, oh, that's this size, which is not three quarters of an inch for some reason. Don't understand why. <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe someone out there who knows something about plumbing or unit conversion can explain that to me. But and then also I have a ton of plumbing gear that I do not need. <laughs> hoses mm-hmm. of the wrong mm-hmm. size adapters of the wrong size in order to get the you two become adapters, an amazon retailer right in order to get the two adapters i needed i had to buy in bulk yeah, right? yeah. so i have I like that. a ton of these things you know quick connect i made my own quick connect cables which is really fun like i bought like just a spool of of quarter inch quick connect uh ca- you know a hose and then a little snipper to like do the straight cuts which is really fun so it sort of feels like once that you that's possible though it feels like you could have had a plumber like just wire this directly using like plumbing skills with this edge. Well, I don't know. My a friend of mine who helped me install this, he had a plumber come to his house for an unrelated reason and mentioned it to them and they told him that they charged the same amount as the filter system to install it. Okay. So, so it's like $1000 for the filter, it's $1000 to install it or whatever. Exactly. I I I feel like I saved a, a fairly substantial amount of money in doing this myself. And it was a very fun adventure. And I know way more about weird plumbing things than I did before. Yeah. So mm-hmm. all overall, I think it was a win. And the water tastes great. Now I just have to figure out why occasionally the whole system shuts down with a uh, supply problem error and forces itself into a shutdown and the whole thing bl- flashes red. So that that still remains to be solved. That sounds super fun and... Uh... <laughs> Totally like the kind of thing that I would have time for when I have a newborn. I, yeah, my wife really likes sparkling water. Well, yeah, that's when you're all on the same team, when you're in a shared mission, then you can overcome great things. When it's you, true. when you're, you have two parents and whatever it is, if you both feel like, no, this is an important thing, even if it's maybe not really that important in the big scheme of things, objectively not important. Yeah. Then you can band together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The motivation is there. I uh, didn't really, I knew that hard water was a thing that sometimes people had trouble with, but I'd always known it in the context of like it ca- causing uh, mineral deposits. Yeah, you can have problems. It's better to have soft water than hard water for most things. It, but but you, it is worth noting that most of the resources you'll find if you Google this are going to be about aquariums. And you, overly soft water is also a problem for aquariums because your pH is going to be too low. Ah, so you may have to raise your pH with various things for that as well. 
Apparently, Vancouver's, according to this quick kind of like digging around, apparently Vancouver's water is also very soft. Apparently, most city water is. So Berkeley's is exceptionally soft, which makes sense for Berkeley somehow. But apparently, most most city water is. What apparently, according to all the reviews I read, works really well for these systems is well water. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I imagine you desperately need a filter for for various reasons. But yeah, that would, then that would be more obvious. Right. Need for a filter. Yeah. But it's 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 not the like bad things that you want in there that it's like something about carbonate hardness. Even figuring out why, like I spent quite a lot of time trying to figure out why soft water doesn't carbonate well, and I don't have a great answer, which is why I didn't include one. If someone out there knows, please let me know because I'm very curious. It was very hard to find out because again, almost everything you're gonna find is gonna be about aquariums, and I that doesn't seem super relevant to the situation. No. Yeah. No. Uh, well, that's good to know. Yeah, I'm gonna not do that. Half inch to half. <laughs> how could buying a I'm half gonna... inch to half inch have two different? Who thought that was a good idea? It literally says one half, one half. I'm supposed to read the tiny words that say FIP and comp and know what those mean and that they are not the same. Like what? Uh, I think we're gonna have to send you back for recertification as a plumber, Eric. I yeah, I definitely fail that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna use the soda stream I bought for I don't know what it was like maybe a hundred dollars maybe less and uh, we just put the water in and then you push the button and it makes a fun sound and then you get we used water. to have a soda stream and we gave it to someone and I don't remember why and then you're like oh man if there's only some way that we could get carbonated water I guess I need to go on this like <laughs> week long adventure of ordering ten different types yeah. of pipe it's been mind stimulating. All right. Well, when when I visit your place, I'll I'll give it a try and yeah, you'll it, definitely have to report back. Yeah, mm-hmm. get a score out of hundred. <laughs> That's right. My so on the world famous score, I would say my rating at this point would be like I don't know, like an eight. Uh, mm. Let's see, fun factor ten. Uh, ten out of a hundred. Carbonation level seven point five eight. But I'm really. It was so dramatic a change by adding this one remineralization filter, and I think adding the second one, which again is a different kind, because there's like two very common brands. We didn't know which one to get, so we just got the cheaper one. Get them both, wire now, them together. Now we got them both, and we're wiring them together. So I imagine that's going to make some pretty sweet water. But you can, and I do feel like there is a a like a rounder taste to the water with the minerals that are supposedly being added. In general, I think it it tasted good filtered. It tastes good now too. So I don't know. It's easy to joke about people in like uh, taste of water observations and preferences. But the thing is, like, if you subjectively like it, then you subjectively like it. And that's great. That's right. Yep. Let people like things. Let people like things, people. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm so tired. Like, I don't know. I don't know that I was. Oh, we forgot to mention that to the audience. No, I explicitly didn't this time. I felt like this is going to be a no mention episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said that you special ones. Well, you said you cut it out most of the time, anyways. I thought that's true. I did. (laughs) I thought I would save you the trouble this time.